Hello, and welcome to the Communication Solution Podcast. Today, we've got Casey Jackson on the line, John Gilbert, and I'm Tammy. Here at IFIOC, we love to talk communication. We love to talk motivational interviewing, and we love talking about improving outcomes for individuals, organizations, and the communities that they serve. If you haven't already checked out part one of this podcast, make sure to listen to that first. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, hello again. We have a super special guest today. Not that other guests aren't special, but we just really uh, love this individual that we have today. His name is Curtis Robinson, and welcome, Kurt. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> and uh, we will be diving in into possibly a lot of different areas today, as we were just talking about. And Casey was helping us put up some guardrails, but we are open to going into lots of places, lots of possibilities with you today. I've got to jump in here for a second because yeah, this, it, it, there's something that got really clarified for me as you were talking as well. And again, this is from, you know, uh, and a privileged Caucasian male perspective. So I know that there's as, aspects of ignorance to it. What I, the thing that I'm, am so aware of in your presence, in the way that you show up, that I know resonates for me wanting to learn more. And, and it's the, some of the core constructs in MI that I just get obsessed with. And you brought up is equipoise. There is nothing that you do that generates one ounce of defense in me. And everything you say is profoundly provocative. And to me, that is, that's the level of mastery of MI that I, you know, when people want to get good or better or proficient or exceptional or mastery of motivational interviewing, most of the time we'll get into kind of Socratic method or we'll get into um, how can you be provocative and not competitive. Um, and you have mastered in your presence and the work you've done, whatever work you've done, and I don't know the work you've done for yourself, you have mastered it in a way that nearly everything that comes out of your mouth when you're in front of a group is provocative and not one single thing is confrontive. Like it is, it's disarming. It is thought provoking. I just had this, my brain always works in pictures. It's like this invitation into this cave of crystals that is incredibly treacherous. Um, so it's like, well, God, of course I want to go into look at all these, these crystals inside of here and you can do damage to yourself and others if you're not paying attention. Um, so I can't stand at the cave entrance and go, I don't want to come in. Curtis just stands there and says, Hey, if you want to walk into this world, there are amazing things you can't even comprehend. And, 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 and it'll be very, I'll be very clear. There are some treacherous things that can do significant damage to you if you're not watching every step along the way. And th that's the invitation I felt in conversations with Curtis is like this. It is beyond wonder. It is, it is humbling um, and awe-inspiring and it realizes, I realize how small and unaware I am when I'm in that, that uh, kind of cave of wonder. And that, that's, I think that, that for me just kind of summarizes um, the things that I think you embody about what I think of beyond MI, the context of it is this, that fine line you were just talking about, that tightrope that you walk is being profoundly provocative and never being confronted. Like I never feel like a yeah, but in my brain. And, and when we're talking about top topics of power and privilege, when we're talking about white supremacy, when we're talking about all these different issues, our brains, that whole, um, 
oh my gosh, um, um, how to become an anti-racist. Yeah. Like every one of those things, it just generates that. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, but uh, that just doesn't get generated. And for me, that is where the depth of learning and and self reflection comes from. When we talk MI, is when I'm not on the defense, then I'm open for change. I mean, that is the core crux mm. of motivational interviewing. Is I'm not on the defense. If I'm not in resistance talk, if I'm not in sustained talk, then my brain is open for change. And in that moment is where our values, we can, we can elevate our values. And I think that is, I think that is the invaluable interactions that, that I experience when I listen to you in these groups speak, because it is, that's what I'll keep going back to is it is, it is profoundly provocative, the things that you talk about. And not one thing generates an ounce of reactivity inside of me. It's just like, oh my gosh, it just uncovers layers and peels back very painful pieces of skin, which helps me understand other people's experience. <laughs> as, as, as layers of my skin get peeled back and it hurts, it gives me more perspective into other people's experiences. Just a modicum of, of awareness of that. So I just had to share all that because it was just like, boom, boom. As you were talking, I was just getting infiltrated with like a hundred thoughts about just the why I just appreciate the interactions that I, I'm allowed to have with you. Casey, I, I just, I, I mean, you know, as I, and, and how do you talk about being humble and not sound arrogant, right? Oh, I'm trying to, I, you know, it's like, I haven't figured that one out yet. So I feel really uh, uh, touched uh, at a very deep emotional level where I, the only feeling that I can, the way that I can articulate is it makes me feel like kind of humble, Yeah, you know? Um, and not trying to sound again, and I think not trying to sound arrogant about, you know, well, now I'm, I'm so humble. I'm so humble, you know, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, um, because my, my experience is with, I'm in, in space with you and John, I, I have a similar experience. It's like, wow, these guys are laying it down. These guys are bringing the real. Uh, just, you know, and it just inspires me to like engage and come alongside you and be in there with you because there's like, there's stuff like coming out. It's like, oh, that's a nugget. Oh, there's another one. Hey, let's take a minute. Let's touch on that. You know, let's follow that a little bit. Let's, let's, yes. let's you know, let's take the, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, Phil Nye, the science guy. Let's take yeah, that yeah. ball and expand it a little bit. And, you know, let's look at it. Let's go into that cave of wonders and watch your step and, you know, and continue to like, yeah, it's it's dangerous and beautiful at the same yes, time. Yes, Welcome yes, to yes. life, right? And, That's it. and so to, to kind of circle back, John, on what you asked, you know, what 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 I saw in this work after a period of time was like, well, I I, I mean, I obviously saw there were problems, yet I had to approach it in a way it's like, if all up, because I've already had a lifetime of like pointing out everybody's flaws. Yeah, right. And all that did was just poison the poison that was already in me right it just added more to it and it's like no i mean and that that made me not that made me not want to be alive i had several suicide attempts as a human being and one of them very successful right it's a miracle i'm here today and so uh, i i realized that as i approached life now that when i you know okay come down off the mountain quit complaining about it you're right you know thank you and yeah. what are you going to do and yes. so I had to come at it from a different way. And that meant to, to re-engage my opportunity to learn and grow as a human being. 
and to be willing to surrender my idea of, uh, you know, uh, world paradigms, uh, uh, societal paradigms, personal paradigms, right? And just let all that go and retrain. And that's what led to that, to that thing about, okay, now if I'm doing that, that means that I'm going to be consistently doing that, yeah. right? Um, that's my life now is that I get to do a work around me and do a work in me and many of it at the same time as I'm swatting darts and dodging swords and surfing through a tsunami, dodging sharks and landmines, right? I mean, that's what it's felt like sometimes. So with that, what I saw, at least in the social justice arena, was that there were these pieces that um, service providers and people engaged in the work had gotten that everybody kind of like had a piece of the puzzle, right? At least at the scope that I could conceptualize at this time, at that time, right? And that's, again, it's nonlinear, so it's, you know, process. Um, that as I, as, I, as I saw what those were, I was like, well, I saw motivational interviewing over here, these trauma-informed was happening over here, um, social awareness over here, racial awareness over here. And is anybody putting the, 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 the pie together, right? And then exactly. I, when I thought about that, then I thought about, okay, so I'm putting the pie together, but what about the fact that how this ever got started where all this stuff was siloed and sectioned and sectioned out in the first place? I was like, oh, that's systemic. Oh, that's part of the thing. And okay, so now we put them all together, but now I'm still coming at this population. Oh, what population of human beings, right? Uh, that I'm still coming at them. If I just put all this together and say, you need to learn this, right? Or I'm going to do this to you. I'm still, I'm still perpetuating the same power dynamics that I'm complaining about and trying to yes. address. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so now the most, and the yes. most important piece, what about the people who have been harmed by this? Aren't they the ones that deserve this knowledge first and foremost in a loving, caring, humanizing, patient, in a hopeful way, right? And when I talk about that, I'm not talking about, I'm not trying to empower people. I'm, I, because I'm not trying to empower people. I'm trying to help them wake up to the fact that they already are and that, that there's been something set up in mm. them and programming that's occurred in them that they've been exposed to at 11 million bits per second that has convinced them that they don't have that power. Right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, that is really yes. moved me. Yes. Yes. Preach, brother. You you are in the zone, man. And it just it's uh, for those that didn't see, Tammy was doing an incredibly inspired dance off to the side. <laughs> it was just listening to this. That's what we're. But keep going, Kurt. Yeah, you are on it. Of of how that brought you to bring the pie together. You're in, you're you're just you're helping people discover the empowerment they already have within them by giving them this pie of awareness, and then with that, you create this. Uh, I don't know what you call it, a program, a recurring program, it sounds like. I need, yeah. to, I need to stop for a second because I need yes, to sir. reiterate because I don't know if people picked up really what Curtis was talking. I mean, the vibe of it, 100%. But I want to drop it into real time what he's talking about. What he's saying is he's pulling together people that are extremely knowledgeable in trauma-informed, 
people that are knowledgeable in social justice, people that are knowledgeable in racial justice, people that are knowledgeable in motivational interviewing, those pieces of the pie, he's bringing them into the room with people that are formerly incarcerated. And what I can tell you, having participated and listened to some of the speakers, is this is beyond a PhD class. Like to sit there and listen to the experts and the wisdom that is brought into that room is like a PhD level class, which the majority of people, especially in privilege and systems, would mm -hmm. say that's a waste of resource with that population. Give that to our administrators, give that to our supervisors, give that to our workers. Why are the hell are you giving it to people that have been formerly incarcerated? They don't have food, you know, let them work with our housing specialists. Don't give them this knowledge. They don't need it. And they're not, and they're not intentionally, those individuals are not intentionally doing it to hold that information from the individuals. It's because that's what Curtis is talking about is that's part of the systemic problem. Yes. Because that's the systemic narrative. It's not the individuals. It's not the CEOs. It's not the directors, the program managers. They are trying to operate from their best intention. But that best intention feeds the system. And those are the things that Curtis highlights and points out. And I just, I just needed to restate that. Yeah. Because the, the emotion and the power and the spiritualness behind what, what Curtis was sharing, I think in real time, people may miss out exactly what he's talking about is he is trying to empower the individuals. And again, like he said, it's not from a place of empowerment. It's they're just another human being that, that never get access to this kind of data. Yes. They don't, they don't get access to this kind of wisdom or knowledge and give them, have enough human respect that they'll take what they want and leave the rest, just like a CEO sitting in that room would do, yeah. is take what they want and leave the rest. So give yeah. these other individuals the exact same respect. And let's start from a place of where the people that could change the system are the ones that are in the system. Yeah. So well, give, give them the knowledge and experience. Yeah. And Casey, you know, you're hitting on one of the things. So like Lane Pavey, right? So, um, you know, was uh, one of the first people I encountered in the social justice work and it was engagements with her that led to, you know, opening up these other fields that I poured myself into. And one of the first things I heard from her is those closest to the problem are closest to the solution. Love mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Lane is a brilliant, I just, yeah, Lane is somebody I've done, we've done quite a bit of work with, with motivational learning as well, too. She's just another phenomenal human being with her life story and how she's navigated it. I love that. I love that quote. Those closest to the problem are the closest to the solution. Yeah. And that's what, uh, that's part of the thing that the systemic programming that we've been saturated with is Rob McCann with Catholic Charities did in this press release. It's like, hey, I've, I've been swimming in this water. Right. And this toxic, racist, you know, oppressive water. And yes. I don't know anything other to do other than to respond to the water that I'm swimming in. And he got so vehemently abused for that. Woo! The yeah, system did not like him owning that. So, it, but Tammy, since you're not local to Spokane, what happened is somebody high up in, in uh, Catholic Charities uh, Services, social services side of it, Catholic Community Services, one of the highest ups made a public actually in the paper and said, I'm a racist um, uh, because of his awareness from all the, all the exposure he was getting to understanding um, and put it in that context, the right context, not like under a hood context, but from a, I didn't know that I was under yeah. this. Okay. Thank you. And, I was like, wow, that's quite bold. Um, oh yeah. Bold is an understatement. It was so that makes, provocative. And, right. That makes and so he, much more sense. Yes. And he, 
there are pockets that just eviscerated him for 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 doing what he should have done for just being honest uh he got eviscerated for being honest yeah uh, honest and accurate right? honest and accurate and vulnerable and yep. vulnerable. yeah and so, so and, and with that too like this so the, the whole way so just to kind of also kind of sew something up and kind of bring it together too is so the the, the trainings that we we have been able to bring to the justice involved populations for our for our e-group here are trauma-informed, ACEs, implicit bias, comp- cultural competency and communication and motivational interviewing, as well as a history of race in America and the criminal justice system. And what we've been able to do is connect with a wonderful funder, Better Help Together, and the Spokane Resource Center or the Resource Center of Spokane. I think they've kind of changed their name a little bit that um, uh, that support these trainings going to the justice involved populations. And we've been able to not only do this in a way that, you know, because here's one of the things, right? So I'm this disempowered human being, or at least I'm like agreeing with my disempowerment. I'm so spun out. I can't even put food on the table. I'm not worried about my social empowerment right now. I'm trying to eat and survive, right? Yes. Um, oh my gosh. That, um, when I thought about coming into this work in one of the gaps, was not only bringing it to this population, but now how to bring it, right? Because that's also some of the key MI stuff, right? It's like, I'm not gonna tell you, hey, I hear you. I'm gonna work with you and actually help help escort that process of you feeling hurt, right? And that an experiencing being hurt and my experiencing actually hearing you, right? So how do I take that principle and now apply that to a population of bringing this training in and this information in of this work that's being done to them. Yes. Right. And bring it actually to them. So they only not understand what's being done to them from that power, that power, that power giver and power receiver service giver and service receiver dynamic that that's, that that's at play, but also in a way that says, Hey, this is actually what's being done to you. And what they're what they're doing when they're engaging with you from the and I love John when you you really you know helped synthesize this for me from that compliance model dynamic all the while, saying hey we're actually doing we're saying hey we're doing empowerment but now actually you're doing compliance, right? And really really sorting that one out. And one of the ways that that I one of the things that I that I knew had to happen was that okay we need to get this information to our to our impacted populations. Um, to help them be able to start not only having an awareness of what supposedly they're being given by these service, these service givers, but also in a way that helps them understand their right to receive what they're being told they're being given, hmm. right? And to challenge that and to advocate for themselves and to be empowered with the knowledge of how you actually take what they're supposedly giving you and internalize it in a way that you can help yourself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Right. So yes. now the other piece about that, that was missing, you know, and I'll, and I'll sew it, sew it up with this was that now we're expecting this impact to traumatize population justice involved, because I'm sorry, but you know, if you weren't traumatized before you got into the criminal justice system, if you weren't racialized before you got into the criminal justice system, you sure were both by the time you got out. Ugh. Right. Just real. Mm-hmm. Right. From the front end to the back end. Yes. 
Okay. It's not, it's not set up to humanize people. Mm-hmm. So, so now here, here we are, here I am, here's our human beings. Here's our human families. I have this great, at least in my mind, it's a great piece of information mm-hmm. to, to uh, dispense. Yet I'm expecting them to come to the table to, for a week for free when they're already got all this stuff come out. I'm just like, no, we need to, what sends the message of, I value you. Besides the fact of, hey, I value you and, and the MI stuff being able to listen and understand and articulate and internalize and reflect back to you and summarize and all those great things, right? Besides that, along with that, because there's still another piece to that, I value you. I'm going to pay you to come to the table. I'm going to feed you when you come to the table and I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to provide some information and, you know, we're going to do this. I'm saying a lot of eyes too in that because I had to kind of like take it up because it's like, hey, nobody else was doing this. That's amazing within itself. So also understanding that some of the stuff, again, there's that piece, right? So as I'm catching myself seeing a lot of I statements, it's like, well, actually it's we. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Curtis, the other thing that just struck me as we're, as we're trying to wrap this up, because it's, which is impossible to do. Well, I think what it does it since you opened this up, um, we can bring this to a close, but since you've opened up this dialogue, so just in just incredibly well, I do get obsessed with semantics and I, I, I'm always jotting down statements you make because I, I keep thinking about what reduces resistance, what engages people in dialogue, mm-hmm. what engages them in thinking. And I think of the things you talk about, like justice involved impacted populations. How do you fight back against that? How do you say, yeah, but to impacted populations, you can't, how do you say, how do you say, yeah, but to somebody that's justice involved? Like, it's like, well, what, because the first thing my brain does is, well, I know what it means, but it's like, well, what does that mean? Justice involved, which means it's curiosity versus even when I, cause I, you know, the, the next evolution was formerly incarcerated. It was much more respectful than an inmate or a prisoner or, you know, so, I mean, the evolution of language. Yeah. yeah and, and, and as soon as you hear that, the first thing you have is bias immediately. But as soon as you things like say like justice involved, and I think that's why semantics and language and linguistics is so fascinating to me when I look at it through my brain that's so trained towards an MI lens of what generates resistance and discord, even linguistically. And and mm-hmm. the words and, and I look at the evolution of language within these um, within these paradigms of empowerment, and it really is how much language can stigmatize. I just get it, I look. I write down so many words. You say human family. How do you argue with that? You want a healthier human family. Like you can't argue with that. Like what, what's to argue with? What, where's the yeah, but in, in wanting a healthy human family. And, and it, it, it's, I think what's so profound about that, especially in this day and age, socially, economically, politically, racially, I think with all the things going on, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's, you're starting at square one at least, which is a beautiful place to start from. If it's when you're talking about things like the human family, because we have so many places we can go from if we're talking about the who who doesn't want to be on the human family square, yeah, right? Like who does? I want to be on the human yeah. family square. That's right. Like I, That's people the that island I want to be on, yeah, yeah. And so at least we have a starting place, and I think in this day and age to have a starting place to have dialogue from is profound. I think it is the holy grail that people have been searching for. Is where can we start? together at one place instead of starting at opposite ends of the tug of war rope and thinking that somebody's going to win or i'm going to pull you to my side i just the linguistics that you use to me is is beyond the crux of mi i mean it it, it but it just gets into this thing that it generates no resistance and that, and that to me is such a beautiful place to start from 
Well, and to that to that point, Casey, it's in the context of compassion, and that's what is felt yes. from you, Kurt. That it's yes. like almost like sentence stems or something that. In MI, you can say the sentence stem, you can do the the shift, but are you really intending to come across with that authentic energy of caring for that person, which can come out in all sorts of ways that cannot be helpful, but the ways in which you do it, Kurt, have this compassion and intense passion in that compassion, and then you've worked on the creativity or the skill and or the awareness to make those shifts that help us all be more compassionate by making those shifts in how we talk about things that we might be unconscious of that have this self-fulfilling prophecy or this bias to it. And, and there's this compassion you bring to the table that fuels, I think we can all feel that, but then it fuels this something that you're able to express that's just so helpful and inspiring and impactful yes. and yes. There's, there's just a more there and if we put an mi lens on it i think it's what um miller and rolnick dr R miller and dr rolnick are getting at in their new edition of compassion you have this compassion about you that has other skill sets that are being put into that you have an awareness of tracking and sewing things together which has its own emotional intelligence to it that Yes. especially with the background and everything and your experience you come from, it's just super extraordinary on so many levels. I just want to affirm that for you from everything I've just got to see from my vantage point. And then in so doing, you are now raising other people up with your awareness and your compassion and the skill set and creativity you've done, which teaches us all. And then we go out and influence other people. So your ripples are incredibly profound and going to last well beyond your lifetime. So I just want to really affirm that for you, that you're doing so much. And I do know that we got to hear for today, come to <laughs> wrapping up here as we're getting the signal for that. And I just want to say, if those of you that are listening want to, or Kurt, you would like to have a follow-up conversation, you know, I'll just invite that now because there are still so many um, practical as my biases, practical, concrete things that you do that are, like Casey, you said, provocative, but that guide the conversation towards alignment and discovering empowerment with compassion. That's different than being provocative to be provocative. You yeah. don't just do empathy and just hear them. You really do also guide those conversations. So the practicality of how to do that with those that have been justice involved and the practicality of how to do that in the moment with community partners I'm very fascinated by, I have some theoretical understanding, but I would love to get your in, you know, take on all that and go deeper into all the specifics of how you do that. But for now, I'm just going to ask if there's anything else you would like to add or any contact information, or if anyone wants to reach out to you, if you'd like to share anything we haven't uh, addressed in our time today before we fully call it, call it a day with you. Ah, well, you just said so much. And I just want to let you let you all know. And Tammy, really great to meet you. Casey, John, love you both uh, so dearly. Right. It's uh, mutual. Just, uh, yeah. It's mutual. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, contact information, Curtis Robinson, the spelling of my name, K-U-R-T-I-S-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. Curtis with a K Robinson at live.com. Uh, and you can also reach me on Facebook or LinkedIn by the same spelling in my name. Uh, the core competency trainings will be taking off again 
in uh, in February, last week of January, first week of February. We have at least four sessions uh, planned for next year. Hopefully, we're going to get some more rocking and rolling. IFIOC will be showing their marvelous presence there once again uh, in just, yeah, excellent capacity, right, and ability and presence, as well as the other trainers, Kiantha Duncan with the Spokane NAACP uh, doing ACES, Lane Pavey. Uh, doing trauma-informed, Michael Reed coming in from Greece, doing cultural competency, and in the Greater Spokane Progress Race Equity Training Cohort will be coming in and joining us for uh, the history of race in America and the criminal justice system. So it's a week-long thing. Sign-up will start normally a week or two before each session. So stay tuned on the Revive Center for Returning Citizens um, website, Facebook page, I Did the Time, Facebook page, uh, as well as my own personal Facebook page and informational uh, social media accounts uh, to go ahead and get dialed in and join us in this wonderful experience. And just to let you know, we're continuing to not only expand this, my priority was first to bring this to our justice-involved populations, but this is for everybody, right? Not these particular trainings for this group, but we all need this. Yes. Yes. So absolutely. I'm making sure to, to provide and, and continue to do avenues like with uh, Greater Spokane Progress and Just Lead Washington and Michelle Brown. I'll go ahead and bring this to places like Spokane Workforce Council, uh, Spokane Resource Center, Spokane Treatment and Recovery Services, Catholic Charities, just to name a few. We're pushing it all over the place. It's all of us doing this together because we can, we will, we must move forward together. And I'm with you. Yes. Oh my gosh, Curtis. I just, <laughs> I, I'm ready to tackle my week, my month, and actually my new year. This was perfect. I mean, this was perfect. You, like, I am so teed up to just be me now, uh, a little bit better me. Uh, so, so oh, always, always just, oh my gosh, I just can never, I just always value the time we have. It's, it's invaluable to me. I just am always moved and changed because of your presence, Curtis. I just, it, yes. It's always that. Yeah. So thank you. Right back at you. And Casey has... Uh, introduced this to me in the past and then i've been asked about well do you do that like do you motivationally speak to people and we're like no no it's motivational interview it's different but there's something about you kurt that you have this uh, infectious motivational speaking ability that you know i just want to affirm and keep perpetuating for how you choose to harness that i am inspired as well to casey's point and thank you so much for your time to come on today and hopefully we can do more of it and and help you out to get this message out there so thank you very much Kurt. yeah thank you honor is mine truly and uh yeah with you 500 <laughs> percent. wonderful well tammy casey anything else you want to add I, just same as always you know the, the reason why we do things like this is because you request it um so any ideas or thoughts or, or people you want us to talk with, uh, just email Casey at ifioc.com. You know, it, it, it's a catch line, but it, it genuinely, we do want to provide a communication solution that will change your world. Um, you know, that's our tagline and that's genuinely what we believe. So, and we do that when you participate. So I appreciate people to continue to email us and put these requests and to have these kind of conversations. So um, I appreciate that. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Communication Solution Podcast. As always, this podcast is all about you. So if you have questions, thoughts, topic suggestions, ideas, please send them our way at Casey at IFIOC.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y at IFIOC.com. 
For more resources, feel free to check out ifioc.com. We also have a public Facebook group called Motivational Interviewing Every Day. We have an amazing blog, and we have lots of communication tips on our website. In addition to all these amazing resources, we do offer online public courses on our website on motivational interviewing and effective communication strategies. And if you're a self-proclaimed MI geek, make sure to join us for one of our live events online with our MI Plus community. We offer a mini MI training as well as a question and answer and discussion opportunity live webcast with Casey. Thanks for listening to the Communication Solution by IFIOC.